Hello, friends. Mark Myra here. Shane Allen here. You're listening to the Gentlemen's Club podcast. Shane, I got to interview Brent Smith of Shinedown yesterday, and uh, we're going to get to the, the full interview on that. But I want to get your opinion on the Pokemon. Pokemon coming out with the idea that you're going to have a little partner? Yeah, that's. I don't think it's Pokemon released this, right? I think heard, my wife told me this. Well, I think somebody else like hacked into it or was doing some data mining or some weird crap that I don't truly understand. So we don't really know what it is. But from what I've read, it's called this buddy system where you know how Ash Ketchum, whenever he was walking around, he always said Pikachu never in the ball. It's gonna be like that type of thing where you're gonna have one. Little guy just walking next to you, and as you're walking around, I think you pick up candies for that certain kind. It's dumb. I hate it. It's so stupid. I, Pokemon Go is ruined, man. It's just so stupid. It's sold out that quick, huh? It's just dumb. Like, stop trying to make me walk so much. Like, just stop it. Know your, know your audience. You've been trying to make people walk for years. You've been trying to bring people together for years. It's not working. We just want to sit. Let me play the freaking game on the toilet. That's all I want to do. Let there be more toilet monsters. I got to walk around to find these suckers. I'm out. Nice magic crap in the toilet. Nice. All right. So what's that? Uh, freaking A. What's it called? The Jessica Jones? Is that a show? Yes. Marvel show? Yeah. My wife. Really good. My wife watched it months ago. And finally, we're watching it together. And uh, she keeps on doing the things. She's like, no, we'll watch it. We'll watch it together. And I'm like, yeah, you already saw it. It's fine. No, like, I'm not mad that she already watched it. I didn't have too much of an interest. She's like, no, it's really good. I would love to watch it again. Would love to watch it again. Every time I look over, Shane, she's on her phone. Mm-hmm. She's bored to tears because she's already watched it. Mm-hmm. Which, and I, wasn't, I wasn't fighting the fight. I didn't want to watch this Jessica Jones. I really didn't care. But every time we watch it, my wife is talking about how it's like the best show ever. It's the best show ever. And then she finally came out and said, she's like, there's just so many female characters. Like she went, she's going full feminist on me mm. where now she doesn't even care if shows are good. You know, it's just all about like, everybody's a lady. Like even the, the guys are played by ladies. Like that big black guy on it, you know, like a guy whose skin doesn't break. Like she would be super happy if that was just Leslie Jones in a muscle costume. She'd be like extremely happy. I'm sure she would. So she's just gone full feminist. I feel like she 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 doesn't even uh, there's no like she doesn't account for taste at all. She's just uh, are, she, there, are there a lot of vaginas in this? I'll watch it. Why don't you just buy her the Daria box set and just let her? I go did buy. Out. I did have her watch that. Good. And then she it's can just, sit down and watch those crap shows. I Jesus. never. I was never big into Daria. You're really shutting yourself out of, like, good stuff if you have to have a strong female character in every stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Everything. Does everything need a strong female character and a black guy that isn't uh, a thug? He has to be a brain surgeon and an Indian guy he has to be in there, but not not dot Indian. It's got to be the feather and... Holy crap, he's can't be an alcoholic, and there's also got to be a Chinese guy in there, but nobody ever talks about how Chinese he is or his family and his upbringing. He's, he's like, really good at history like, instead of math. There's, like, it's there's no such thing as a perfect show. Just stop. 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 You okay? You seem tired. I'm just, you seem tired of all this. I can't. And also, I, I want to I get to the paternal thing, uh-huh. but Steve Harvey... 
he's leaving the family feud and he he like uh he kind of got popular because he made it funny you know did you watch it have you did you ever watch family feud before steve harvey yeah when it was al borland i loved family feud every i loved the game i never cared about the freaking host (laughs) you loved the strategy of the game i loved loved playing family feud that was my crap back in the day loved it i still play it well i'm i'm just i'm i'm kind of sick of steve harvey's shtick because i realize what he's doing so he'll bring up like a topic He'll bring up with a question. He'll be like, we surveyed 100 people at the mall, and we asked them, we're like, um, if you were going to pleasure your wife and make her happy, what's one item that you would use? And, you know, of course, they're looking for, like, diamond ring, or they're looking for tickets to a show. But then they're really mining for a hard dick. You know, that's really yeah. the answer they want. That's the answer they want. Just so is like, Steve Harvey can make that face like, oh, he, come, oh, come on. He, so he baits, he baits all the people with like, hey, I'm going to ask you a question that has a sexual answer. A sexual answer is on the board. But when you say it, I'm going to give you the business. And he's been doing this for years now. And it's disingenuous, Shane. He's looking for that dick answer. He's looking for I mean, that hard, veiny do dick. Do you think that Steve Harvey is trying to do this crap? He doesn't care. Steve Harvey's just there. He's there for the paycheck. He doesn't give a crap if the Allen family beats the Myras. He doesn't care about the game at all. It's the freaking writers of Family Feud realize that when they their their videos go viral, when somebody says masturbate Steve, I'm going to go with a, a sopping wet vagina. Yeah. Things you would eat at a picnic. Yeah. That's on the board. Oh, oh no, she did. <laughs> he just makes that face like, oh, oh, these, these mother white people. Are you? I don't know. I'm going Bill Cosby. Cosby. Man, I hope Bill Cosby is the next host after Steve Harvey. That Wouldn't that be the best thing ever? That's, I mean, really, that's the only direction they could uh is that it, what's, it, what's it on now? Is it on NBC? No, it's on like TV Land. No, it's like it's CW, buried. whatever it's called now. TV. No, it's TV Land. TV Land. TV Land. I'm pretty sure it made oh, it like prime network. time again. No way, dude. With That's... Harvey, I think that made it like. Oh, it was. I'm thinking of Celebrity Family Feud. God, I hate that shit so much. <laughs> Were they celebrity We're podcasting? Th- right? Yeah. God, it's the worst, man. When they make celebrities it's do just, it, you have to. You get a thing. And then you have to make a celebrity version, a kid's version, and then a pet version, I think. Yeah, I think that's how far you it have, goes. I hate those. They're, they're always the worst. This whole celebrity crap, man. The celebrity worship stuff, I don't get it. They're going to ruin Stranger Things now because they're they just doing? parading the kids around and just making me hate them. You like hate the, the kids? Did you see the Jimmy Fallon thing where they're just spraying each other with... Silly, silly string. string and it's just like weirdly sexual and odd i don't get it oh when the the bald the bald girl 11 and she was doing like a Nicki minaj rap yeah, yeah yeah i don't understand like jimmy fallon was like oh yeah these kids are super hot right now we got to get them on the show and okay jimmy what do you want to do with them uh i want these children to spray stuff in my mouth yeah anyway anyway we can get uh, the equivalent of a cum shot yeah. At any point, with how, can these, get, uh, how can we get that past the sensors? Oh, silly string in my face. Okay, yeah. can we make a quick, 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 quick sound effects in the background? Perfect. Yeah, and then I know my Jimmy Fallon is like, perfect. <laughs> sounds good. Full, Great. full on New Jersey man. Um, um, yeah, the, and I kind of felt bad. Well, I I watched that clip, 
of the kids and I kept on going, like I was watching, I kept on going, these shitty kids keep on mugging at the camera, thinking they're so funny. And then I remember, ah, they're, they're like 10. When I was 10, the funniest thing to me was uh, my mom would be taping, like us doing family stuff, like opening gifts on Christmas. And then mm. my dumb head would pop up. Like, ah! Ah! Just, I just, I just kept on like judging them for how unfunny they were. But mm. at the same time, they're just 10 year olds. <laughs> So I need to like reel it back. And I also felt bad. So they had they had the, the girl, eleven, with the shaved head. They had the black kid, they had the fat kid, and then they had the main character kid. They didn't invite the 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 the, the lost kid. Mm-hmm. They didn't invite the kid that they thought was dead. Like I felt bad for that guy. He's part of the crew, isn't he? He's probably lost. He was in the freaking the what is it called? The yeah. undervadge for like the other side? The other side for like an entire summer. Yeah. And they don't even let him go on Fallon? No, he sucks. So, wait, so it's bothering you that they're becoming celebrities? Well, no, no, no. I, I, it bothers me that they're getting paraded around. It's just like, oh, it's super hot right now, so let's try to drain them. Like, Facebook just had them on live streaming, just doing 80s trivia. And I was like, why are we doing this to these kids? We're going to ruin them. It's like me doing like 60s trivia. Or 70s trivia. What do these kids know about 80s trivia? They don't. That's the whole thing. Because it's like an 80s show and then they don't know anything. (sighs) It's just like too much exposure. Just let the show be. Let it be a thing. Mm -hmm. Like don't make it huge. I mean, it's more of a comment on just how crappy Jimmy Fallon's show is. It's like we just get somebody that has a name that people recognize and let's make them throw a pie at me. I'm, I mean, I'm liking Jimmy. F- I like Jimmy Fallon when I started learning about how much I guess allegedly he's a drunk, <laughs> right? And then he started getting all those weird injuries. Didn't he like almost he, like, chop off his, his finger? Peel his finger off. He's like that go- ring thing. He's like a, he's like an abused wife, you know. Just like oh, I just fell into a doorknob, you know. Like, but really, he's just getting all boozed up, and he's you know prat falling. I guess. It, it's not a prep fall if it's on purpose. So I think he's. I think Jimmy Fallon's more interesting to me now that I, th- I've heard he's such like a, just a wreck, right? Mm. I mean, he's got to be a wreck. Yeah, I don't know. And his shows, his shows not for me. You know, it's not, it's not for people that are looking for comedy. You know, like how it used to be our late 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 night stuff. You know, well before Johnny Carson, it's not like it was that funny. Well, actually, we'll say during Johnny Carson's era, it's not like it was that funny. Wasn't yeah. super joke oriented. And I'm not saying that I'm pining for Jay Leno's crappy jokes. Just I, I'm I'm still butt hurt that they kicked Conan off. Yeah, you know where Conan was that bright spot to me with the alt comedy, weird, stupid things that worked sometimes. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, did not work. Yeah, yeah. I love that, but and I thought like, oh, they'll bring in Jimmy Fallon and he'll bring some SNL type of humor to it, and then it's just like lip sync battles and. Guess what's in this box and just like, I don't know, the celebrity worship crap and nostalgia yeah, and games. You and You can't go the other way either because you look at like what Seth Meyers and what uh, uh, Stephen, Col- Stephen Colbert are doing now. Mm-hmm. We're like, he's got, what did Stephen Colbert, it was his first week on and he had like the guy that runs Tesla. Yeah. Like, are you, are you trying to not have people watch this? Are you really, like, because there's maybe t- 10 people in the audience that knew, well, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. 
you're bringing that dude on, or it's like, oh, we're gonna bring this little girl, Numjaya Baba. She made a straw that makes it easier to drink dirty water out in Africa. Nobody cares. You gotta find a nice medium, you know? And those two are just going like complete New York Times on everybody. Mm -hmm. And where Jimmy Fallon is kind of like going complete pop culture. Yeah. Gotta find a nice medium. I feel like Kimmel does all right. I don't know. I, I can't get I can't get into Kimmel. Can't do it. It's too ugly. Just, Not good looking enough. Played me too much, I think. Or what's the uh, who's the fat guy? Fat British guy? I I hate him more. Corn corn dog. I think the better pairing would be uh you get Colbert into Seth Meyers. Okay. And then you flip it and you go Fallon into Cordon Blue. Cor okay. Because that's their shtick is they should be the pop culture bros. Mm -hmm. Like Cordon Bleu over there. Yeah. He realized that, hey, Fallon's getting good ratings. Why? Oh, because he's just putting celebrities on TV and then making them not talk about anything interesting, just making them f flick beans as far as they can across the street. Mm -hmm. You know, just dumb, stupid crap. And they're like, okay, we'll just put them in a car. We'll do lip sync battles in a car. Well, you know why it's in a car, right? Because it's an advertisement. Yeah. Right? Well, and also so they can shoot it during the day and whatever. Or like they can put it on the schedule of the people and stuff like that. All the lip sync crap has to go. I hate all of that There's a whole garbage. show dedicated to it. I hate, well, all of the singing competitions are just karaoke lip syncing crap. It's all dumb. Why can't we write any original music anymore? Glee? There's so many things. Wait, no, Glee's I'm, not. How, am I 77 years yeah, old? Yeah, you're really on your... Uh, your porch like shaking a cane at all of media all of late night <laughs> we're on a crappy radio show well, i mean they did ruin they ruined stephen colbert for me by moving him to that late night spot and then he just can't do you know, anything this, he wants to do anymore this isn't a thing where people are doing this to you you realize like stephen colbert wanted to do this like it's something he wanted to do and this and now what i've heard why stephen colbert is so crappy is because nobody's going dude this sucks like, dude, this isn't good. Like, he's got too much control. Whereas when he was on the Colbert Report, that was a character created probably by him and a bunch of writers. And he was stuck in that. He's stuck in that character. He had to keep that voice. And now that he's just, like, basically got complete control, he's gone full just, like, like I said, New York Times, where he's just talking about crap that's, like, that's pseudo-intellectual mm -hmm. stuff that nobody cares about. So I'm just saying, nobody's doing it to you. Oh, I know, Mark. I'm still going to take personal offense to all these executives and their choices. All right. Well, I want to get to the interview, but... <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. Joe Paterno. Yeah, Joey Paths. Penn State, this is like his 50th anniversary of his first game Joe Paterno ever coached. So they were going to try to do like a uh, big anniversary special for the, the September 17th, like a big thing for him. And then there was a ton of backlash... Because, basically, you know, the Jerry Sandusky thing. Jerry Sandusky worked at Penn State, and he was, like, banging little boys since the 70s in yeah. the showers. One of the victims told Joe Paterno this, and he kind of just went, Hey, what happens in the privacy of a public shower room between a young boy and a, and a large man? You know, that's their business. And he just didn't tell anybody. So, kind of sullying Paterno's name. But I, what I don't get... It's like, why is Penn State like still trying to get behind this dude? 
Because Why? he's the most winningest coach in college football oh history, and that town is a big pile of garbage. That's what it is? Dude, yeah, seriously. How? It's they. I guarantee, after one week of that statue being torn down, they're like, all right, we punished him enough. Yeah. Let's put it back up. Right. And they finally held, they held him at bay for like four years or however long this has been now. Since 2012, so yeah, four years. And now they're just like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get these people back in the stadium. It, it means so much to that crappy town. What Joe Paterno did for their stupid sports team—it's a game. It's a game, guys. It's a game. Joe Paterno—he didn't guide a penis into a young boy, but he didn't put a shield up. He definitely spit on that butthole and lubed it up, right? Like, this guy, the guy he was friends with is a monster, and the friend of a monster is no bueno. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to honor this guy. Like, do you remember, it was like a few months ago, Trump, Trump made the call to get that Joe Paterno statue put back up. Donald Trump did that. What are you guys doing? I just don't understand people that cause themselves headaches like really these this stupid celebration like let's say you know when rochester turns 250 years old Mm. there's probably going to be like a celebration like happy 250th birthday rochester and it's going to be a lot of work a lot of planning to do it and it's going to be a mediocre party some fat people are going to eat fried dough Lou Graham is going to do a couple of shitty songs on State Street and then we're all going to go home and forget about it and it's going to be it's been all this work for this dumb party. You're doing this 50th anniversary. You want to do this 50th anniversary celebration for Joe Paterno. It's a ton of work for a ton of nothing because it's it doesn't mean anything. Like 50 like this is all just like made up concepts in your head like 50 years means anything or is important to anybody. Mm-hmm. It really isn't and you're causing yourself a headache because uh, people see him as a guy that was harboring and helping out a pedophile, like a serial pedophile, serial rapist. Mm. Why are you giving yourself that headache? Just ignore it. Ignore the fact that there's 50 years coming up. Nobody would know. The, the random person on the street or the person going to Penn State hardly knows who Joe Paterno is and wouldn't know that it's been 50 years since his first game. You're bringing it up to people, then causing yourself headache. Why are you putting yourself through this? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't understand why it's be like the same thing if whatever <laughs> what was the school that gave Bill Cosby an honorary doctor degree? I don't know. If they were like, you know what, been enough time, Cosby, here's your d- diploma back. You know, mm-hmm. like, women's studies. There yeah. you go. It's, it's don't cause ridiculous. yourself headaches. That's all I'm saying. They're they're going to they. This town loves Joe Paterno. It's the same thing with, like, the Bills and Ralph Wilson and all that stuff. Like, I guarantee if it came out that Ralph Wilson was eating babies to stay alive for those last few years, people would still be like, let's let's keep that statue up. All right, let's do this. Uh, we'll get to the to the interview. Brent Smith is shined down uh, right now. Hey, Brent. Hey, what's going on, Mark? How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Of course. Well, I'm sure. What What are you like? Locked up in a room talking to radio people for the next like three hours? Not three hours. Two <laughs> hours, and uh, they can't really lock me up. I'm I'm 
I'm actually in Nashville right now working on the tour as we speak. Um, so, yeah, I'm just hanging out, talking to you. Nice. I'm not locked in a room. So, do you have a show in Nashville? No, what? I'm actually putting to, uh, I'm putting production things together, uh, actually, for the Five Finger Tour right now, the co-headline tour that we're getting ready to do in the fall. So, uh, that's why I'm here at the moment. Now, what, I mean, production-wise with uh, tours, I mean, you're coming to Blue Cross here in Rochester, which is, like, one of, it's our biggest, like, indoor venue and I think Kiss. Just... Well, you're going to need a big venue for this show. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, well, Kiss just came by, and I didn't go to the concert, but somebody like took a Snapchat or an Instagram video of the intro, which I'm sure the guys yeah. in Kiss really appreciate. But they posted that up on their Facebook, and there was like explosions and fireballs and like puppetry and stuff. Do you guys like? Do you get involved in that kind of like on stage production? This particular production that we're doing, because the the tour itself with, you know, with us and Five Finger Death Punch and 6AM, and we're bringing a brand new band called As Lions, mm-hmm. um, this is about eight months of work. Um, the process of putting this tour together is, um, it's taken a minute because of the schedules of all the bands yeah. and the touring cycles and also the album cycles. So there's been a lot of thought put into this, and it literally um, is one of those type of tours where in my opinion it will be hands down it'll be the biggest arena tour of the fall but uh yeah as far as production with us i'm there from day one all the way up until when the last piece of gear is put together as far as what we're going to do so i've been laying this i mean i've been a part of putting this production together for i don't know like six months now and uh and we're just putting the finishing touches on it to have it ready for october when the when the tour starts yeah, now playing music, there's different parts of being in a band, whether it's touring, recording, or like what you're just talking about, like eight months of uh, behind-the-scenes production of getting a tour going together. And uh, Shinedown been around for over a decade now. Well, do you do you find yourself, you know, certain parts of your career liking, you know, other parts of being in a band more than, you know, like, oh, I like, uh, I really enjoyed recording five years ago, but now it's all about, like, the live experience. Is there, like, something that you're super into right now, being into Shine, being in Shinedown? I mean, honestly, I, I still find it absolutely extraordinary that I get to walk out on stage and I constantly am watching our audience grow and get bigger and bigger. That's, uh, that's something that I'm, I, I, I take it very seriously and I'm very humble uh, for that. Um, you know, I, I will forever love playing live. Mm-hmm. I will forever love being on the road. I think that some people are hardwired for it and it's part of their DNA and certain people, it, it's not for them. And if it's not for you, then you should hang it up and either go, you know, be a songwriter or work in a studio or if you need to be with your family 24-7. Don't get me wrong, I love my family. I love my son. Um, but this is what I do for a living, um, and and I'm I'm very appreciative that I get to do it. Um, you know, the studio for me is a place where it's it's really a sanctuary because we don't really make records fast. We usually will take an entire year to make a record, mm-hmm. um, but then we'll go out on tour and we'll tour for up to two years. We've done you know we've done touring cycles that lasted eighteen months. We've done touring cycles that, uh, thinking back to the Sound of Madness record, we toured that album for 37 months. Wow. Um, so, uh, I mean, for me, I will always love playing live, in answer to your question. That, that's something for me that it holds a special place in my heart because every night 
is brand new for that audience. It may be something for me where I've sung these songs, you know, a thousand times, but I always try to put myself back in the place where I wrote each one of the songs in the set list so that each night I'm giving 100% of my all to the audience and they know that because for them, it's probably their first time seeing us. And that's a, that's a special bond between an artist and, uh, and their audience. Right. So next week... I mean, the tour tour doesn't start right away, because next week you you guys are in South America for a couple of shows, yeah. right? One in Brazil, yeah, We leave one in actually tomorrow uh, to head to um, Michigan. We got a show to take care of there, and mm-hmm. then we go to South America for about eight days, and then we come back, and we're actually going to Charleston to... Uh, to our uh, to our bass players uh, establishment, Eric Bass, because uh, he's way more than just a bass player. Um, so we're we're actually going to be going in, writing some new material, kind of producing some stuff. We're just going to kind of knock the dust off and see kind of what's in our heads, what's fresh in our heads. Yeah, and uh, and do some writing for like three weeks or so, and then we got to go to um, well, we don't got to go, but we're we're honored to be able to go and play uh, Loud Park in Japan for the very first time. Uh, and then it's literally we fly to Japan, one show, fly right back to the states. We got about four days, and uh, and then we head to Arkansas for uh, production rehearsals, uh, and then the uh, and then the co-headline with Five Finger and and Six A.M. and As Lines. The tour starts up on October eighteenth. Mm, and you guys come here on uh, on November twenty second. You'll be at Blue Cross with the tour. Um, are there for real though? Are there any concerns of going to South America? You know, uh, especially after the Olympics, I, like the whole thing. Everybody was getting fed was like Zika virus, Zika virus. Any any concerns like that? And even in uh, did in uh, in Rio, someone just got impeached. Either the governor or uh, the mayor yeah. ended up getting impeached. Do you feel like? Do you ever get nervous going into s- some countries where you know there is like an un- unstable environment? No, I mean you you have to you have to ask yourself what you want to do with your life and if you're going to feel as if you're going to if you're going to be nervous about something then you probably shouldn't go sure um but for us i mean i remember back in 2006 i think it was 2005 i mean we went to kuwait and to iraq uh with the uso and and to play for soldiers and i mean we were playing in fallujah uh, on the Marines' 231st birthday is one of the most legendary shows of, in, as far as war, where I'm concerned, mm-hmm. of all the shows that we play. It, that, I remember that show ranked up like in the top three. I mean, it was incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't watch the news as much as most, man. I mean, I know what's going on, but it's our very first time to South America, and we're very humble that we're finally going to be able to go because we know a lot of people down there have been waiting for us. Yeah, uh, to you know to get there. I mean, our first record was released in 2003, so um, you know, and we've never been there. So it's we're going to go, you know, because we 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 actually can't wait. We're extremely excited about it. Now, um, so disturbed. They did a they did a cover of Sound of Silence. I think it was on Conan, and yeah. kind of it kind of blew up. Is there a cover that you like really like performing, or you think like you guys do well that you're super into? Well, I mean, we're known for the Simple Man cover mm-hmm. from Leonard Skinner. So, I mean, we do that every single night. We took a year off of playing it live, and 
that was a that was a testy year, if you know what I mean. Because I mean, every night I thought the audiences were going to lynch us. Yeah, that because, bad. <laughs> I mean, we, but we needed to take a year off of playing it for some personal reasons, and then we brought it back to the set. So, I mean, we're pretty known for for doing that mm-hmm. song. Um, but we did a a tour back in 2010 at the end of the Sound of Madness cycle uh, called Anything and Everything, which was a full-on acoustic show that we did. We had a lot of friends with us on that tour, a lot of instrumentation, but it was an all-acoustic show. And um, we did two covers uh, on that tour that were really, really special. We did Times Like These by the Foo Fighters on Mm -hmm. that tour, and we brought Will Hogout, who was our opening act, um, who's just an incredible songwriter from nashville tennessee um and is just an amazing talent but we brought him with us and his band came up with horns and and everything we had a double we had double drum sets with his drummer and and our and our drummer barry um and we did a little help for my friends which was a beatles song but we we did it in the style we did it in the joe cocker style yeah uh, yeah. that was pretty rad the uh the wonder year style yeah, we totally did the Wonder Years, man, and it it, it, it was it was incredible. It was fun. So uh, November twenty second, you'll be here in Rochester, uh, Blue Cross Arena, Five Finger Death Punch, uh, as well. You can check it out at zone nine four one dot com. Anything else you want uh, people to check out, Brent? Man, I just want to say thank you to everybody, and just thanks for the support, and let them know that it it never goes unnoticed. Um, be looking for a brand new single off Threat to Survival. It's going to be the fourth single off the album uh, going into to this tour in the fall. It's called How Did You Love? Uh, just finished the video for that, so that should be coming out really soon. And, uh, yeah, just thank you so much for the support, and uh, we'll see you really, really soon and give you a show of a lifetime. All right, man. We'll see you. Later.